get ready as we are about to take off for departure. In the event that a emergency may happen, masks will drop down from the ceiling. Please make sure that you put on your own masks before helping others. Remember, even though the bag may not be inflating, the oxygen is still flowing. Uh, this is your captain for the flight deck. Uh, just an update for you. We're uh, third in line for departure. Uh, we're going to get to your destination trash can land uh, about uh, two hours, 30 minutes. Part of the guys. Uh, welcome aboard. Well, welcome to the Donut Box Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, Chris, don't you love flying? I love flying. I actually rather prefer it over driving. I don't mind driving, but I'm just ready to get there. There's something about waking up, going to the airport, flying that just, I don't know, I'm in a good mood whenever I go to the airport most of the time. Yeah, heck yeah. I mean, it it could be, it's the only place where I could be there at like four in the morning and I'll be in a totally good mood. Trust me, Chris will tell you, if I'm up at four in the morning, typically if it's not fishing or planes, I'm not in a good mood. So anyways, uh, we are so happy that you're here. This is the Donut Box Podcast. And like we said, we're your host, Chris and Micah. So Today, we have a wonderful 35th episode. Um, we're, we're just keep on growing, man. Um, just want to give a shout out, uh, first of all, to our main man, Zach, over in the A, not, not Atlanta, Amarillo. But hey, we appreciate you for listening. And also our main man, Adrian, from the M. And you already know what that is. So we appreciate you guys. But we also appreciate our reoccurring listeners over Iowa, Ohio, Kansas, I mean, Virginia, Virginia, geez, you guys listen real heavily. We're we're really excited about you guys. So we just thank each and every one of you guys, but uh, welcome to the show. And for our first segment, um, it is the Old Fashioned Donut. And for those of you who haven't joined us before, the Old Fashioned Donut is a story from our past, but here the last few episodes, we've been doing people from our past. So we have a few good ones today. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about these, Chris? Yeah, we do We do have a good, uh, good amount. Uh, we have two interesting people that were part of our lives. One is like a really short one. Uh, it just really happened one time when we were both in elementary school. And the other one, we're going to talk about a uh, technical director that was at our church. Uh, and so we'll talk about that in a minute. But we'll jump into the first guy. So take it away with the first guy, Micah. So in elementary school, you know, they would always try these hype up events, I guess, to try to get us excited for standardized testing. Um, and Chris and I had an experience one year that we would never forget when it came to pepping up for a standardized test. Now, in the state of Georgia at the time, I have no clue what it is now, but in the state of Georgia at the time, it was called the CRCT. Do you remember what the CRCT stood for? It was like the critical reading, cri- critical reading competency test, I think. In Texas, it's called the STAR. Uh, but yeah, I hated the CRCT. I hated standardized testing. Uh, part of the No Child Left Behind Act. I won't throw no shade. But anyways, it was awful. And we just were stressed out during that time. But they brought in somebody special to help us. Now, let me preface this by saying Micah and I did not go to the same elementary school. But we did get to meet the same guy that helped us uh, get in the mood for CRCT testing. Isn't that right, Micah? That's right. And I don't remember the guy's name. I really wish I do. Because if we could bring him on this podcast to talk to him a little bit because of how much of a character he was... I would love to do so. Uh, But here's what I remember. 
I remember he came in there, and he was a jolly sort of fella, and he had these little rhythmic songs, these little rhyming songs, and one of them, and I'm sorry in advance because it's going to get stuck in your head once I say it, but he would say, he would say, you know, once you get done with the CRCT, we're going to be telling you G-O-O-D-J-O-B, good job, good job, and he would literally just go around and be singing that, and so, of course... You got all these elementary school kids like singing G double O D J O B. Good job, good job. Those poor teachers, they probably hated that because um, we did that for like weeks after that. But so he would come in and he would have these these little songs and like you know he would do these little dance moves. Yeah, I think uh, I think his name was Mister Darnell, if I remember. That was his name, uh, and I and I still have that song stuck in my head to this day. But yeah, Mister Darnell coming in with the guitar and it was great yeah and then he would tell stuff that like he worked for the state uh, in some capacity and i don't know why they brought him in or when they brought him in but like the thing was he would say things to kids that would like hype him up but more like kids wouldn't understand it would be more for like if you're trying to hype up adults in like a corporate environment or something like that you know he, he literally broke out he's like you know i watch my son in the driveway and he shoots hoops and he says, you know, five seconds till the championship, and he swishes. It's like, that's how you should all be. You should be thinking that this is the last, you know, few seconds to the championship, and you should always be driving for those championship moments. And it's like, as a kid, I had no clue what he was talking about. I had absolutely no clue what he was talking about. Now that I'm an adult, I'm like, okay, sure. But um, he also said that he rode the short bus when he was a kid, and he put spinner wheels on the short bus. Yeah, that's a little weird, but uh, yeah, he came in, and I don't know if his little song helped me on my CRCT. I can't really remember, but yeah, Mr. Darnell, great cause and some positive energy. Now, the second guy that is in our uh, old-fashioned donut today, his name is... Should we use his real name, Michael, or should we give him a fake name? Um, we can call him Kimbo Slice. Yeah, we'll call him Kimbo Slice. Uh, and Since he, we know he loves that name. Yes, and he was a uh, he was probably like a, ten years older than Micah and I, and he was the technical director at our church. And he, what he would do is they would record the services uh, on the cameras, and he would be in the back making sure that it got live streamed out on the internet or recorded for I guess DVDs. And so we would go back there, and at first it used to just be me and Kimbo Slice and. He uh like he would uh give the directions and the commands and I would move the cameras and switch at the same time. And it was a little hard to do both by yourself. So me being the good friend that I was, I pitched it to Micah and I said, You know what, Micah? I said, You come back there, you help me out. And I said, We don't we can goof off and say whatever we want, uh, without having people look at us during service. And so Micah would come back there. And I told Chris, say no more. Say no more. You had me at, we could goof off. Yeah, continue, so Micah Chris. and I would uh, go back there. And we got pretty good. Uh, like I tell y'all b before, we share a brain. So we would get to the point where I wouldn't even have to tell him to switch or when to switch. I would work the camera and I would just switch. He would switch at the exact moment. So it was great. But uh, Kimbo Slice, he was a rapper in a Christian rap group that was local to that area and 
he always talked like this. He'd be like, yeah, 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 man. Yeah, 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 man. We just want to glorify the Lord, man, and everything that we do. And I had an opportunity to make some extra money because Kimbo Slice also ran a little side business of videographing or shooting video for different concerts. Okay. Now, I had never really been to black church before, and I wasn't, you know, accustomed to it. So I'm telling you, white people, they don't have no talk, like any, any kind of, I guess, perseverance. Church goes over an hour, they start getting all up in a wad. But I'm telling you, man, you go black church, it lasts three, four hours long. And he was like, yeah, we're going to film this concert. I thought it was going to be like two hours long. It was a gospel concert, bro. It was still going on for like four hours, pushing into five. And I was like, man, but I was having a great time. It was great. And uh, he uh, he didn't pay me cash, but he bought me dinner at this restaurant called Checkers, which is like a fast food place, or it's called, I think, Rallies or something like that, if you've ever heard of it. And as a kid, nothing was better than getting paid in, in cold, hard food. I mean, warm food, I guess. But the, yeah, old Kimbo, he was cool, too. I got to film one of his uh, concerts, too. Well, it was like a combination of a play slash concert. Um, I mean, we, we've, we've told him about the other stuff, too. So it was, you know when we used to be involved in plays and stuff like that, which we'll get into that even more because Chris has a few funny stories on that. Well, one time he was like, I don't know. It was kind of weird because he got on to me one Sunday and I'll give you the, the little backstory real quick. There was this girl that I liked and I was like a freshman or, or whatever. And I, or no, I was actually a sophomore because I had my own money. And so it was her birthday. Right. And I never really even saw this girl except during church. And so I went all out. Like I went to build a bear, got her this teddy bear and everything. And I brought it to church to give to her. And uh, I brought it into the sound booth or the technical room. And Kimball was like, yeah, 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 man, what's that right there? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a gift for this girl. Uh, I really like her. And I gave her a birthday gift. He was like, he was like, yo, man, he was like, you should be doing that. And I was like, why not? He was like, he was like, you're going to take a mind off the message, man. You want to minimize distractions and maximize the message, man. But she going to be thinking about that bear the whole time, man. And you was taking her eyes off Jesus. Is that what you really want to do right now? And I was like, bro, chill out. I'm just trying to give her a, a, a stuffed teddy bear after the, uh, after church and he was like yeah yeah, yeah man you taking our eyes off jesus man you should be doing that man and i was like oh okay all right cool deal he actually uh fun note he actually sent us some instrumentals of some of his songs and we use those in i think episode five or six if i remember correctly yeah i want to say it was five i want to say it was five yeah um but yeah yeah he sent us those instrumentals so shout out kimbo if you're listening yeah but anyways, you listening. Yep, that was a story about Mr. Uh, Darnell and Kimbo Slice. They were funny people uh, from our past. And next week, we will pick back up with some stories. we got a fun story for you next week. But what's our next segment, Micah? Oh, we got the Jelly Donut next. Who do you think that private pile? Sir, Jelly Donut, sir! A Jelly Donut? Man, do we have some cool stories. Well, I say cool. They're, they're more funny than anything we got some interesting stories here you ready for the jelly donut i am all right so we got two stories today the first one <laughs> you're, you're gonna think this is great so there was this man and uh, we'll call him mr bennett and mr bennett 
was 20. And guess where he was from? What state? I'm going to guess Florida because that's where all of our jail report stories are from. No, but close enough. It was actually uh, Georgia there. Um, so they were actually in Columbus. So anyways, he gets arrested uh, after being out in front of a home that had just been burglarized. And what ended up happening as far as the police gathered the story. So this man broke into this woman's house, started robbing everything. And in the middle of it, he sees the homeowner, I guess. And I guess she was a cute girl or something. So he stops robbing the place to then ask her on a date. And he says, would you want to go out sometime? And he asked her, and she said, absolutely not. He said, well, it doesn't have to be food. It could be coffee or anything of the sort, says the police report. So, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Time out, time out, time out, time out. So you're telling me homie was in the middle of robbing homegirl's place. She walks in and he was like, hey, yo, shawty, you fine as mess. Can I get your number? Shawty, let me get your number. Let me get your number. And then she's like, oh, no. So she walked in and he asked her in the middle of him robbing it. Or did he go outside and then like knock on the door and then ask her if she wanted to go out? Okay, so I I read this a little wrong. My apologies. What ended up happening is there was three robbers at first. They robbed the house. They left. So they, they robbed everything. They left. And then the one came back to the house to ask her for a date, like showed up on her front door and was like, oh, can I get a date? Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Well, but the woman recognized him as one of the guys that just robbed her. So, of course, she called the police. And whenever they the police showed up, he was still on the front lawn trying to talk her into going on a date. My man was not taking no for an answer, man. You got to respect his resiliency. Or stupidity, however you want to look at it. Oh, he's he's definitely stupid because he got arrested and he's uh, he. It was a hundred thousand dollar bail and he got charged with aggravated robbery and a myriad of other charges too. Does it say like what they were stealing or or anything? It doesn't say. It just says um, it just says that things were robbed. I'm wondering if it was just. Um, you know, if the place was like ransacked, you know, jewelry or whatnot. I don't. I'm not sure. But apparently, they like held them up, so they the people were at home, like when they when they were robbed. So there's no telling. Could you imagine like her not recognizing him, and then them going on the day and him being like, "Hey, do you mind paying?" <laughs> that would be funny. After he just robbed her, that'd be hilarious. That's crazy. That'd be so messed up. That'd be so messed up. But yeah, that was the first story. So the second story, this one's going to be your absolute favorite here. Um, Being the the clergyman that you are. Um, So here's the, the title of it. There was a thief who made a pause during a robbery to pray with the victim. Wow. That's, that's a little shocking. Wow. Okay. Tell me the story. A uh, Mr. Gutierrez goes into a ca- an Advance America, so like one of those like title pawn places, right? And he pulls out a gun and starts robbing her. And according to the police report, he literally starts apologizing to the woman for his actions. And he went ahead and was he's like, I, I gotta rob you pretty much. Like I've gotta rob you. Um and so the cashier said you know, the cashier started crying and she realized like the man was, you know, I guess 
pure-hearted, like not actually wanting to rob the place. And so she began to talk to the man about God and tell him about, you know, he still had the opportunity to refrain from committing the crime. And so then the man opened up to the cashier and said, well, I have a two-year-old to support and times are hard and I don't have a job and my wife doesn't have a job. And so um, the cashier then asked to pray with him about like the hardships that they were having. So the cashier prays and they, they literally both get down on their knees, start praying. And apparently, according to the police report, they prayed for almost 10 minutes. And so in a response to the woman's kindness, the man took out a bullet from his handgun and gave it to her, according to the police report, saying that it was the only bullet that was in the gun and he promised not to harm her. But then he still proceeded to rob the Advance America store. So homie still robbed them even after all that? Man, I understand being hard on hard on yeah. your luck and everything like that. I mean, I give props to the cashier who, like, that's a pretty bold move to be like, you know what? Like, I'm going to pray for you. Like, even just seeing somebody on the street that's not robbing you, that's still a pretty bold move. But for her to pray, listen, if I were her, I'd be praying for as long as I could until the police got there. I'd be stalling. I'd be stalling. But, man, that's, that's really admirable and really commendable upon her part. She didn't let the situation... Uh, dictate how she was how she was going to respond she just decided you know what i'm gonna pray for this man even though he's doing something wrong i mean i i gotta give her props man that's pretty commendable yeah heck yeah well i just think it's kind of crazy that it was you know reading that story you would think it's like okay um because even in this report it says that he asked her for a hug like after after you know the whole like praying for her. So like, imagine it's just like, it's like, you know what? It's like, I'm just going through a hard time. And she's like, let me pray for you. They, you know, it's just like, you know, they're praying for like 10 minutes, you know, and, and all of a sudden they stand up and it's like, can I have a hug? And she's like, absolutely. And it's like, they hug. And then it's like, here's my bullet. I'm not going to hurt you, but I still need the cash from the, from the safe. Go ahead and get that for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> God forgive me for my mind, but I literally see just how you imagine it. Give me a, he's like, give me a hug. And they'd be like, he like pistol whips. There's one shit. Like, give me the money. I'm not playing. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like that is, that's crazy. So she still gave him the money or the police already showed up. Uh, the police had showed up. So the police had gotten there. So, I mean, honestly, it was probably her, um, you know, just stalling enough to, to get him, you know, into custody, but at the same time, you know, I don't know. The way the story was going, I thought his heart would be dissuaded from wanting to do bad. Yes, it is. I mean, like I said, it's a inspiring story, but it also makes me laugh that after all that, he was like, oh, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna rob you anyways, but that's an interesting story. So, that was uh, the Jelly Donut for this week. Uh, that was pretty, pretty intense crazy stories there we always come out with some weird ones i mean some of these criminals are just downright interesting i'll, I'll tell you that but um on to our next segment it is the donut hole so this week um we're, we're kind of reverting a little bit so we've refrained from playing a game for just one week we're going back to it's not really a game it's more asking questions uh we're going to get to know our friend chris a little bit and we're going to dive in just a little bit so, Chris, are you ready to field some questions that maybe you've never thought about before? But you already know me, so 
I guess this is more for our listeners. But yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I know all the answers here. If they were quizzing me, I would get it right. But, you know. Okay, so the very first question. Um, would you go tornado hunting? So for those of you who don't know what tornado hunting is, it's basically there's a tornado, you hop in your car, and you go find the tornado to go watch it or film it or do something of the sort. Um, some people do scientific exercises on there, but for our purposes, it would just be jumping in a car to go see a tornado that's on the ground. That's like the most white people thing to do ever other than going to Target. Um, let me see. I don't know. I would maybe do it like if it was really cool, but I'm kind of one of those like I'm a cautious risk taker. So I'd probably like watch it from a distance. I don't think I would like get up close and personal so i i don't know i'm kind of on the fence about it i'm not too sure so let's evolve the question a little bit here so what if so you say you're a cautious risk taker have you ever seen one of those tornado cars like literally where it has the spikes that go into the ground and literally it like covers all it like lowers itself into the ground but it like anchors itself and you know basically it's tornado proof and the tornado can go right over you and you're you're not going to get hurt what do you think about something like that? See, I've seen those, but I don't know. I I don't really trust those too much. But maybe if I knew for sure that it was anchored in the ground, then yeah, I would probably go watch it. Because, I mean, I guess it's kind of cool. But I'm not like a big storm chaser. Like I'm just like, oh, yeah, cool. It's raining outside. Or, oh, cool, it's storming outside. But I'm not like all happy-go-lucky. Like, oh, yeah, let's go watch a tornado. I, I don't know. I could either take it or leave it. I'm not really big on it so on to our next question would you go to a haunted house now here's the stipulation these this is one of those haunted houses where you have to sign a waiver and literally they could do whatever so you could potentially get hurt slash killed heck to the not i won't even go to a regular haunted house bro i won't even go watch scary movies i won't do anything of the sort i used to go to the haunted houses man but i'm like you know what Heck, no, I ain't going to be caught nowhere near. I've seen maybe one, two scary movies in my life. I don't play with that stuff. I don't, mm-mm, uh-uh, nope, 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 nope. Okay, gotcha. Would you go to a haunted house in the same sense? Would you go to wherever they could do whatever they wanted to you? Heck, no. <laughs> my answer is the exact same as you. I wouldn't even go, so when, when my man would go to freaking... Um, you know, when, when my boy Chris would go take somebody over to the haunted house or whatever, man, I, I wouldn't want to go do all that. I didn't like all that. Was definitely not into all that. Yeah, I did have a couple dates at the haunted house in high school. You know, back then I was a player. Now I turned in my player card. But you know what I mean? No, I, I don't go to those anymore. I don't go to those anymore. Mm-mm. Nope. Yeah, there. But yeah, when I found out that there were actually some that uh, are like legitimately dangerous, they actually have the chains on the chainsaw, and basically you sign a waiver and you could actually get hurt. Like, geez. Um, <laughs> that sounds that sounds terrible. Anyways, um, so the next question: Would you fly on Spirit Airlines? I have no idea what's. Spirit Airlines is. I mean, I know what it is, but I have no experience. I've just heard that they charge you a lot of fees. In my mind, when I think of Spirit Airlines, I picture it like the movie Soul Plane, that it's 
I don't know. That's what I think of whenever I think of Spirit Airlines. I don't know. Maybe I would. I probably would try it if it was cheap enough. I don't like the hidden fees, but I would maybe try it. See, uh, Spirit Airlines is like... Uh, it is like Soul Plane. It's like when they go to the economy section of Soul Plane, and it's like basically being on the subway. That's that's kind of what being on Spirit Airlines is like. Um, but yeah, it's it's basically like being on a bus. I mean, they even have like advertisements in the seat in front of you and everything. I mean, it's anyways. But yeah, you could buy tickets. I mean, for really cheap. Sometimes they're like nineteen bucks, but then they charge you so much that it ends up being more than most other people. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe you could find yourself a deal from <laughs> to go over to Atlanta because they're they're big over there. Um, but the next question is: Would you take a punch in the face by Mike Tyson for five hundred thousand dollars? I think I probably would, knowing that it would probably knock me out for five hundred thousand dollars. I would. Now I tell you what I would do rather than that for two hundred thousand dollars i would take a roundhouse kick to the face by chuck norris because then i could say you know what i got roundhouse kicked in the face by chuck norris now would i live probably not but i would at least get to heaven and be like guess what you know how i got here i got roundhouse kicked in the face by chuck norris and see that's the thing um see you would you would love it you would take less money just for the honor of getting roundhouse kicked to the face by chuck norris yeah but i definitely would take five hundred thousand dollars for getting punched in the face by mike tyson i think i would okay wait time out time out mike tyson now or mike tyson in his payday oh mike tyson in his prime prime tyson yeah i'm still doing it okay Here's the, here's the next question. Similar, except it's Chuck Liddell, and you have to be in with a five-minute round. So it's not just one punch, but it's five minutes. Like, you have to stay in. Like, if you get knocked out beforehand, fine. But, like, the, the round time is five minutes. So I still get the $500,000 even if I get knocked out before the five minutes? Yeah, I guess so. Because essentially, it's $100,000 a minute. Pretty much. I think I would maybe... I think I would maybe do it. But then again, you have to take more punches. So, I'm not too sure. I think I would take one punch, and then I would just fake that I was knocked out. <laughs> well, and, and it's in the octagon, so it's not just punches, it's kicks. It's They could throw you on the ground, they could choke you out, they could do whatever. No, I'm taking that first. And this is Chuck Liddell at his prime. I'm taking that first punch, and then I'm faking that I'm down. I'm that's what I'm doing. Well, let's let's evolve the question one more time then. So it's a hundred thousand dollars a minute, like you said, and however long you last is how much money you get. Nope, I'm not doing it. Not doing it at all. You're not doing it. Nope. You don't think you're gonna last that long in there? Nope. I'll last maybe thirty seconds. Hey, but that's that's still a little bit of money, but it it would probably hurt a good bit. Um, but um, here's the last question I have for you. Um, and since you're a daredevil, I think I know the answer here. Have you seen the? There's an attraction. I think it's over in New Zealand. I'll have to look. It's over this ginormous soccer field, right? And basically, what happens is you climb up to the top of the stadium. Like you have to literally scale the side of the stadium, go all the way to the top. There's an opening. So think about like Cowboy Stadium. And there's an opening at the top. 
but literally you step down on this pedestal and you're right over the field and literally they drop you down on a bungee that goes all the way like from one end of the stadium to the other but you're you're it's like 300 feet down or something it's, it's insane I think I would do it probably. I don't know. When it comes to bungee jumping and stuff, I'm a little nervous because I'm afraid the thing is going to snap. But I think I would probably do it because I am an adrenaline junkie. So I think I would do it. All I'm saying is watching the uh, the videos of people doing that, I think getting down to that pedestal. Because like when you get down there to where they launch you off at, literally it is just like a metal... I mean, think about like a catwalk, but it's just like a metal part just sticking out there. I mean, there's absolutely nothing underneath you. I think that would freak me out. I think it would freak me out. I'm going to do it. I'd do it. You'd do it. <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. We uh, we know more about our, our friend Chris over here, but that was our uh, our donut hole. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. What did you think of the questions? They were, they were kind of all over the place, but I wanted to – Here's some random answers. of. They're very obscure questions, but I liked it. Sounds good. Well, uh, on to our next segment. What fries my donuts? And Chris, what fries your donuts? Well, I will tell you this, and you will agree with me, and I'm pretty sure maybe 50% of the country will agree with me. I am so sick and tired of cancel culture. I'm sick of it. I am sick of everybody canceling everybody just at the drop of the hat. I mean, it's to the point where you can't say anything anymore. Anything that you say can and will be used against you and will get you canceled. That's why it is very hard for comedians to do their craft and to do what they want to do. I mean, heck, you can't even tell jokes anymore. I get that there are some jokes that cross the line. And when it's like a repeated, I guess, habitual thing, and you can tell that that person legitimately has a hate for another group of people, then, yeah, that's a problem. But I am so sick of people just getting so offended at every little thing you say. And people have taken logic and they've thrown it out the window and it's all about how people feel. Now granted, you should be respectful of people's feelings. I get that. But I'm tired of having to tiptoe. It's like you're walking on eggshells with people. You never know what little thing you're going to say is just going to trigger somebody. And they can get triggered about every, anything. They could get triggered that you're, you're wearing a blue shirt. And that you didn't have the consideration to to know that blue triggers them because when they were five years old, something happened with the color blue. Like, it's not my fault that I have to tiptoe around this cancel culture. And I really applaud people like Dave Chappelle, who is doing comedy, who is saying it like it is, who is doing good at his craft. And I really applaud people like that. What do you have to say about that? The hard part for me is, and I really hope I've, you know, I haven't been on this earth too long, but I've always heard it's kind of like a pendulum, you know, it swings one way, then it swings the other. I hope it goes back the other direction a little bit because we've gotten to the point where, um, like, like Chris said, we we're defying logic. A lot of times, a lot of times it's just like, um, and you know, I'm going to use very roundabout terms. It's just like, I don't want to call that a cow. I don't want to call that a cow. That's not a cow. That's a goat. But literally everything genetically is, that is a cow. And so the thing is, it's like, we, we've gotten to the point, And honestly, this is my personal opinion. We've gotten so fake as a society that literally anything that is real is offensive. Anything that is really 
truly what it is if you call it out black and white what that is it's offensive and oh man that's that's terrible we shouldn't we shouldn't be like that i mean but my thing is people need to remember life's not fair nobody ever promised this fair it's always not been fair and the notion that it is fair is nobody will ever be happy if that's the case nobody's ever going to have the same opinion all the time you know you'll have a group of people if i have 100 people there's only going to be you know a handful of them that believe exactly like i do the rest may disagree to some parts and i mean you're you're always going to offend some people and to be honest with the cancel culture it's been hard with this podcast because we want to keep it clean and we want to keep it you know to a certain standard not because we're afraid of getting canceled but you know it's just we do still have that fear of well we can't really say that we can't really say that we can't really say that let's stay away from this let's stay away from that and it's more just because you know we we want to keep sustaining and not go the opposite direction and lose traction it's just it's i, I say our climate is a little little tough to navigate especially when it comes to podcast entertainment you know any, anything like that here's my thoughts on it if something offends you or you don't like what they're saying just don't listen to it you don't have to have it canceled just don't listen to it don't watch it if it offends you don't watch it and i feel like as a society our society they give up too easily and they cancel so easily. They quit so easily. If something is hard, people will just quit. Like They'll be like, you know what? I don't like this job. I'm just not going to show up tomorrow or I'm just going to quit if something is too hard. And I think it's that mentality of everything is supposed to be easy. Everything is supposed to be fair. Everything revolves around me. And if you offend me, then you're the problem. And I get it. Sometimes if I legitimately offend Micah and we're friends and I, I legitimately offend him, he should be able to come to me and say, you know what? What you said really offended me. And I should be a good enough friend to where I say, you know what, man? Maybe I did offend you. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't tell him, you know what? Get over it. But if someone gets offended at every little drop of a hat, every time I go up, go get up to pee, somebody gets offended, then that's a problem with them. And here's the thing. I get being mindful of triggers and stuff, and everybody has those triggers, and I'm not telling you that you should just get over it and stuff, but if somebody is tr triggered by every little thing, there comes a point in time where you have to deal with your own triggers. I've had to deal with my own triggers, and I'm not telling you you have to get over your triggers tomorrow, but if something triggers you, and I don't know that it triggers you, you can't get mad at me because I didn't know. I didn't say it intentionally to offend you, but if I know about it and I say it and it triggers you, then that becomes my fault. You know what I mean? Well, it also comes down to an effort thing. I mean, what it comes down to is a lot of other people, um, you know, especially in a, in a job environment, uh, we come in contact with people every day that, you know, are different than we are and whatnot. And you keep those things out of the workplace. You know, you keep those things out of the workplace and whatnot. But... You know, the, the thing is, it, it's, a, it's a hard topic because um, a lot of the times whenever it becomes people who are being offended constantly, you know, a lot of times the other side is putting in so much effort, like walking on those eggshells, to 
make sure that people aren't offended, then people still get offended. They're not giving their effort on their side to be tolerant of, okay, well, maybe he didn't know, maybe this, maybe that, you know, maybe let me have a talk with him before I totally, because people will do that too in relationships. If you say one thing that just absolutely gets their goat or is a horribly offensive to them and, you know, they'll stop talking to you and you'll have no clue why. You'll have no idea. And, yeah, it's – and, like, and that ties in with what Chris is saying. And people quit a friendship real easy because of that stuff too. Um, not not saying that that's happened. It's just, yeah, our, our society has become really easy to quit too and – so yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying. Totally get it. Yeah, that was that's a good way to put it. Uh, and it's kind of like maybe what you have talked about in the past couple. What fries my donuts? Communication is key. C- communicating it and being respectful, and it's a two way street. So that's a good way to put it. And I think that's a great way to end that segment. But yeah, I'm so sick of cancel culture, and I'm so sick of comedians being canceled for. Just trying to do art, just trying to be funny. Like I said, there used to be a day and an age where people could laugh at stuff and be like, oh, you know what? Ha ha. If someone made a joke about a white person or made a joke about me, made a joke about my big nose, say I look like a Jew, like I would laugh because it's funny. And, you know, but that's not where we are today as a society. But you nailed that, uh, nailed it right on the head. So, but yeah, that's what fries my donuts. And I'll end with that. Heck yeah. Well, uh, we're going to head over to our mystery donut now, which is our improv segment. So, Chris, we've got a fun game. One of your favorites, one of my favorites. It's fortunately, unfortunately. And for whatever reason, when I say unfortunately, I just want to do it in that accent. I really don't know why. But, um, so Chris, are you ready to play this thing? Yeah, I got the first scenario. Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. All right. Applying for a loan. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, I'll start. Fortunately, I have good credit, so I should be just fine. Unfortunately, you're going to have an 8.9 APR interest rate. Fortunately, I'm going to try to rob this place, and this lady's going to pray with me. Unfortunately... It's not going to change your heart, and you're still going to try to rob it, and you're still going to go to jail. Fortunately, if I go to jail, then I don't have to worry about a credit score anymore. Unfortunately, you don't even have to worry about it now because your identity got stolen. Fortunately, now that I'm in jail, identity, money, all that stuff, it doesn't matter. Unfortunately, they trumped up some charges on you because you got your identity stolen, so they don't even know who you are. Fortunately... I'm in one of those cushy fed jails that have the tennis courts because they don't know who I am and they think I'm some white-collar criminal. Unfortunately, the AC went out, so now it's sweltering hot. Fortunately, we can order things on Amazon, so I bought a mini AC for the time being. Unfortunately, Amazon crashed because Jeff Bezos got embezzlement charges. Fortunately, now he's my celly, so I get things for free. Unfortunately, you're going to have to be his girlfriend to get things for free. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Here's what I've noticed. Every time that we do fortunately, unfortunately, it always ends up in prison. I don't know why it does, but somehow that's the direction that it goes. 
or insurance fraud. I don't know what's going on with that. All right, I'll let you pick the next scenario. All right, the next scenario is um, waiting at the dentist office. All right, cool deal. Waiting at the dentist office. Fortunately, I don't have to wait an hour and a half for my appointment because he's not busy today. Unfortunately, he had two emergency root canals that he had to do, and you won't be seen until 6 p.m. right before the practice closes. Fortunately, I didn't have anything to do anyway, so I can wait that long. Unfortunately, there was a fire, and now you've been evacuated by the fire department. Fortunately, that means I don't have to go back to work. Unfortunately, work called. They think you started the fire. And now they've launched an investigation. Fortunately, I hated that job anyway, so now I can go on Indeed and look for a new job. Unfortunately, you decided to be in a field where there's no jobs available right now. Fortunately, I wanted to go back to school to switch up my career anyway. Unfortunately, you're broker than a joke, and school is just out of the question financially. Fortunately, I can put it all on student loans. I hear they're forgiving those now. Unfortunately, the next president's going to axe all that, and you're going to have to pay every dime with 23% interest. Fortunately, maybe he'll let the gas prices come down. For unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, gas prices are never coming down. They're going to $8. Fortunately, I'm going to get a new job in the oil field, so I'll have more than enough money. Unfortunately, the oil industry tanked, so you lost your job. Fortunately, that makes no sense because gas is going up to $8 a gallon. Unfortunately, life's not fair and doesn't have to make sense. Listen to the Donut Box podcast and there, what fries my donuts from this week and you'll figure that out. All right, I think that's a good I think that's a good place to end it. That was a good place. That was a good fortunately, unfortunately. That last one was pretty good. Yeah, heck yeah. We could go on that for forever, I feel like. We could just keep on going and going and going. And trust me, when we hang out, that's typically what happens. We'll do unfortunately, unfortunately, and there is no ending. It'll just go on for hours and hours and hours. We, we also play a game of who would you rather be roommates with, and we pick people from our past, and we'd be like, who would you rather be roommates with, this person or this person? And we usually pick people that fry the other person's donuts, so... It's usually a fun game, but we won't play that game on the Dodo Box podcast <laughs> since y'all don't know who we're talking about. Exactly, exactly. Well, we are finally to our final segment, which is our Eclair Donut, which is our positive advice for the week. And Chris, I went first last week, so go ahead, take it away. All right, so I'm going to change mine up a little bit. This is like leadership advice. And in order to be a good leader, one of the things that you need uh, to make that happen is to be approachable. Um, no one, everyone's had that boss that they're always like, yeah, you can come to me with anything, but they really don't mean that. And then when you try to go with to them with something, they just act like you're annoyed. If you want to build a better team, be an approachable person. And I know sometimes you can get busy or in the grind and you can kind of look like you're mad or frustrated. But if you present like a positive countenance or you're like smiling and you're welcoming and you're saying, you know what, you can come talk to me. And it doesn't have to be about personal stuff and you're open to feedback and you're open to criticism and you want to help grow as a person and as a leader, your team will approach you and they'll be like, you know what? I think maybe we should try this and we can make it better. And I'm always telling people, you know what? A uh, great leader is 
is the result of a successful team. So if you're trying to build a great team, you're trying to be a good leader, be approachable. Let your team approach you with new ideas. Let them approach you with problems. And that's way you can build their trust and you can build camaraderie with them. And that's a, a good positive advice is just to be approachable as a leader. That's very good. Very good. Um, mine for this week, um, I want to talk about identifying problems and how to properly handle them. Uh, so many times in life, we, we go through problems and, you know, I've seen this at work, people's personal life, you know, it just observations across the board. Um, a lot of people, what it comes down to is uh, when, when we have a problem, we will reach for the fruit of the problem. If you think about the problem as a tree, uh, a lot of people will grab for the fruit of the problem and not exactly, you know, just the side effects of what the problem is actually going for and not actually, you know, going for the roots of the problem and taking care of the problem at its core. So I would just encourage you this week, if you're going through a problem and things are, you know, going wrong, um, reevaluate that problem. See if you're just reaching for the fruit or the side effects of what the problem is actually causing and see if you can actually figure out what the root cause of the problem is to try to eliminate it in totality. Um, cause I've seen a lot of people stuck in a cycle where it's, you know, they're trying to solve a problem, but they're only handling the side effect issues and not exactly what the problem at its core is. So what you're saying is you don't want to grab the fruit, but you want to grab the root. And if you live your life trying to grab the fruit, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I won't go into my <laughs> preacher voice, but that's what I heard out of that. That's a good way to remember yeah. it. Don't go for the fruit. Go for the root of the problem. That's a good way to remember Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So uh, that was my word for the week. Um, but tvtrashcan.com, tvtrashcan.com. Big news on that. It's going live on Monday. So by the time this podcast is released and you're listening to the sound of my voice, the website should be up. So tvtrashcan.com. Go visit it. It's looking brand new. And we just we just gonna keep on working it. So uh, I'm super excited for that. We've got um, new content coming on there. Right now, it's the same as what was on the website before. But we're we're just happy to get that website back up and running. Yep, trash can 2.0. We're back and better than ever, baby. But I'm excited for it. Be looking for that video where Micah eats the pig's feet. We're gonna uh, film that here the next week or so. But yeah, so it is uh, time to take this donut box out to the trash. I'm going to sign off. And I'm Chris. And I'm Michael. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. And we are clear for takeoff. This is the Donut Box Podcast. Uh -huh. So long. <laughs>